Aloha, everybody. This is Jeff Reimbo for 888 Sport, the official gambling partner of the NFL in both the UK and Ireland. And I'm here with my buddy Mike McQuaid. This is the Jeff Reimbo Show. And we are on the Pro Football Ireland network of podcasts, as well as YouTube and a number of other platforms. But we're here to talk a little football because tonight, Mike, we have a huge Monday night football matchup against the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. And then it's Brock Purdy and what hopes to be a rebounding San Francisco 49er team. Jeff, what did you say it was? Monday night. Now, don't don't go there. Don't pull that guy on me, Mike. <laughs> For people you know who podcast day, how I I'm going to give you some props here, my Irish friend. You're pretty clever. You got a way of trapping me all the time. You know what is, I think it's just like we've been doing this for so long now. You start just talking and you find a way to say certain things. Um, it's funny because Jeff's slash mini producer Alex has just sent for the video as he speaks. So check that out coming up in the next half an hour in Jeff's Twitter account um, or whatever it's called this week. Elon's ruining the platform. Hi, everyone. If you're watching on Twitter, go to YouTube, type in Jeff Reinbold or Pro Football Ireland. Well, I think, you know what, uh, Alex Pence, who helps me do those videos, really good. We, we, get, we get access to NFL footage, and we, it's a way for us to highlight certain things about games that are coming up tonight. Obviously, the Vikings, we're going to show you uh, a play that Kirk Cousins ran against the Eagles for a touchdown. They're going to need to scheme some plays up. And, you know, when you look at these two these two football teams, they're – you know, one is a team trying to get on track and the other one's a team trying to get back on track. And for the Vikings, Wes Phillips, their offensive coordinator, he's going to have to come up with some, you know, imaginative schemes because, uh, you know, obviously the 49er defense is outstanding. Then you go to the other side and I've been really impressed with what Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the Niners, has been able to do. He comes in there as a guy that's not been from the organization. He's an outsider. He comes in for Demeco Ryans, who's been there for a long time. You know, Jeff Ulbrich and, you know, that crew of defensive coaches. So he brings in a, a fresh, some fresh ideas and some fresh approaches. And what you see is a lot more, Mike. You see a lot more five-man pressures. You see a lot more zone blitzes, some really creative stuff. And I'm going to break one of those down and talk about Fred Warner, their outstanding linebacker. I mean, he is really, really a special player. Uh, you know, a third-round draft choice out of BYU a couple of years ago and, and – uh, hope you enjoy those we'll put them up here we'll put them on on twitter we'll put them on instagram and and obviously you can catch them too on youtube yes sir and i think the great thing for that for people listening to this even on tuesday or wednesday and podcast is they're not really time relevant because you know they stick out for the whole season as well so do do check them out we're, we're going to start using the hashtag jeff's takes uh, so people can find out hashtag Jeff's takes. I just made it up on the spot, Jeff. We're just hitting gold tonight. I'll put that up in the next 30 minutes. If people are watching live, get your questions in, in the comments. If you're listening, you're listening on the Tuesday morning post Monday night. So let's talk about let's talk about one of the biggest stories which came out on Monday, Jeff. Um the Tennessee Titans are 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 they in rebuild mode? Yes, they are. Trading Kevin Byer to the Philadelphia Eagles. The biggest thing for me, Jeff, is the Eagles get another Titans player for pittance. A 2024 fifth and sixth rounder and safety trial Edmonds. Howie Roseman, the man could negotiate with a dead person. Let's be quite clear here. <laughs> what, what a move from the Eagles, but man, they're all in. 
Speaking speaking of dead people, Mike, you know, this this is an interesting concept because Howie Roseman was a dead man walking at one time. When Chip Kelly was there, he was banished from the building. He had to he had to take his off. He, they, Chip couldn't fire him, but he basically took all of his power away and just moved him to a separate building, not the football building. And he's come back and you know, for Eagles fans, you got to really love what he's done with that roster. This is an incredible roster. And I think when you talk about Bayard, because Bayard's an all-pro player, right? And you don't get all pros in the sixth or seventh round. I mean, and that's what they traded him for, apparently. So, obviously, for, for the Eagles, this is a win. They're in win mode now. They're in Super Bowl window now. And it's a huge get for them. I'm a little... Um, I'm a little like confused, frankly, about what's going on in Tennessee because there's rumor, all this Derrick Henry stuff. They apparently got him on the trading block. Um, they want to move that contract. They want to move Byard's contract. But to me, that's still a pretty good football team. And unless they're just saying, hey, we're going to be a couple years away yet. But you got a quarterback who's at the end of his career you got some really good players, still talented players. I don't know if you're a Super Bowl team, but I think certainly your playoff team. I don't really, I don't understand it. I would really like to know the mechanics of why the Titans have gone down this road. Do you think that deal was in the, the makings for a while, or do you think this has came about very quickly? Because you've worked in football for such a long time. It's just interesting, Jeff, to see the Eagles go after another Titans player and just Look, you see comments on social media tonight and certain people saying certain things along the lines of, how can the Eagles keep getting away with this? Yada, yada, yada. First well, I think I think what's really interesting when you look at what Roseman has done is that he, he drafts to a profile. He wants a certain kind of guy, right? And he'll go back to the well as many times as he needs to to get those kinds of guys. I think, what's he got? Four Georgia guys on the defensive line alone, right? And now he's getting, you know, we're talking about another Titans player. They got A.J. Brown a couple of years ago. You're talking about two pro bowlers that they took off the, you know, the off the books at, at Tennessee. So I, I just think he has an idea of what he wants. He knows exactly what he's looking for. And, you know, Bayard will bring, uh, you know, a pro bowl level talent to that secondary in Philadelphia. And we watched them play the other night, Mike, and, and they're they're so good up front. I mean, I said it in the video that we did before the Dolphins game that if Philadelphia can win up front, if they win the, you know, if they win the battle up front, offensive and defensively, they'll beat the Dolphins. And that's exactly what happened. When you look at that game, they were able to run the ball, they were able to rush the passer, they won up front. And that's the key. Now, as they get better in the back end by adding a guy like Bayard to pull pro bowler this is going to be a really 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 tough team to beat as we get down towards the second half of the season what did you make of the cali green uniforms jeff i mean love the, the real analysis mike i'm telling you I, and i sent rob ryan an, a text because to me that took me back to i'll tell you a story when buddy became the head coach in philadelphia i was in philadelphia and so um this kind of, I, I'll tell you two stories, right? But I'm in Philadelphia and I know Jeff Fisher a little bit, who was the defensive coordinator and secondary coach at that time, later went on to become the head coach, uh, you know, with 
with the Oilers and the Titans and went to the Super Bowl and all that stuff. So I'm going to see Jeff. I'm going to go over and just talk football with Jeff. And I walk into the Eagles old offices in the vet, you know, veteran stadium. And they were not very nice. And there was a glass, there's a glass window and the secretary's there. So I walk up to the window and tap on the window and she slides back the glass, right? Real old school. And I look around the corner and I see Buddy standing like over by the coffee machine, which was around the corner. And he's got his pipe and he's kind of got his pipe in his mouth. And he kind of like looking over his glasses and I see him and he sees me. Right now, he doesn't know me from anybody. Right. But yeah, I'm wearing an earring at that time. This is like in the late 80s, I think. Right. And so, (laughs) so he walks over to me and he goes, who are you? And I said, uh, you know, I told him who I was. And he goes, I said, I'm here to see Jeff Fisher. And he goes, you a coach? And I said, yeah. And he goes, they let you coach with an earring? (laughs) I said, yeah, coach. Some of the places I recruit, it, you know, it gets me in the door. It's, you know, it's good. And he goes, what do you do when you get in the door? Kiss them? (laughs) Oh, my God. So, so that was my introduction to Bud, Buddy Ryan, right? And lo and behold, I go to to training camp to practice, and I'm riding in the van back to the coach's dorm where they have their meetings, and it's Jeff Fisher and it's Buddy and it's Ted Plum, the quarterback coach, and it's Wade Phillips, who's the defensive coordinator. And I, th- I think back on that now, and I think back about how lucky I was to be around, you know, Randall Cunningham and Keith Byers and, you know, Keith Jackson. And, you know, I mean, it was amazing. They had a, they had an incredible team, Dirty Waters. And I mean, just, I mean, just outstanding. Reggie White, you know, Brown. They, I mean, they, they were loaded. And it was, it was the hottest, most nasty humid weather in Philadelphia because Philadelphia in the summer is not a very pleasant place. And he would start every practice. I swear they'd do a hundred up downs, you know, where they got to run in place and then drop and then get back up. And he'd whistle and buddy would just walk around with his pipe and he just like, wouldn't say a word. He'd have his hat down way on his eyes like that. He was the coolest dude ever. And lo and behold, I would go on to one day actually work with Rob, his, Rex and Robert is two sons, twin sons. And Rex became the head coach of the head coach of the Jets and the, and the Buffalo Bills. And you see him on TV now. And Rob's still coaching. He's with the Raiders now. And, you know, to be in, in that group of people, to be around those people was really amazing, amazing time. Well, that was the time when they wore those Kelly Green uniforms. They When Buddy went there, they went to that Kelly Green. And I'm going to tell you something. I, it brought chills on my back of my neck when I saw him come out of that tunnel with those Kelly greens on. Cause I thought about Randall Cunningham and all of those great players that the Eagles had at that time, that might've been, and I'm going to say this. I think re- I really truly believe this, that Eagles team with all those guys might have been the best team to never go to a Super Bowl. I really, I really, really truly believe that. I think anyone my age, not to put an age on this, 
can say if you're an NFL fan, what you just came out with the last two three minutes there was class. Unreal. This could be like an off season thing where Jeff starts telling stories. Love it. Um just class. Uh I don't want to go away from that, but I, I do want to stay on the game. I man, I came up with this bold new strategy, Jeff, right? Sky Sports NFL, Skybox, record Sunday night football, turn the TV off, right? Like put put like a different channel on so nobody if you turn the TV on, the channel's not there. Put your phone on airplane mode, turn the Wi-Fi off, turn your phone, your mobile data off, put your alarm for like 6.20 in the morning, go to sleep, wake up, use the remote to fast forward during each break and play and bingo, you've had half a decent night's sleep and you don't know what the score is. I did that this morning and I, was, like, I, I got to see the vast majority of the game. Obviously, you know, it, it, it would be a luxury to sit and watch the game. But I tell you what, man, have you any concerns with how the Dolphins lost that game or how they approached it at all? Or do you no, think I, it's very much a work in progress? Mike, Mike I, I tell you, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> here I go sounding like Coach Green, but the Dolphins are who we said they are, right? You remember his quote about the Bears? You know, Dennis Green, that old Cardinals coach, he said, the Bears who we are who we said they are, right? Well, the Dolphins are who they are, right? They're a very, very skilled football team. They're not real tough up front. And when they get against big, strong, physical fronts, they struggle. They struggled in Buffalo, and they struggled against Philadelphia. And they're very, very similar. Big, strong, physical guys that can get up the field. And that's the kind of, if there's a, if there's a recipe for beating them, it's that run the ball, pound away at them, and you know just keep rolling. Because Philadelphia maybe has the most depth of any offense, excuse me, defensive line in the National Football League. They they go too deep with great players, and Reddick was like incredible last night. I thought he was outstanding, maybe the best player on the field. To stay on the Dolphins, uh, some news that came out on Monday. That's why I'm loving this Monday podcast. We get some more news out. The Dolphins are going to be taking part in Hard Knocks in season. And Jeff, I feel like they're going to miss something if Hard Knocks in season does not start on the way to Frankfurt when McDaniel gets out and goes and gets a massive stein of beer. I can't wait for this game next weekend. Well, Mike, Mike, I I don't want to put a damper on what you just but. Mike McDaniel's a recovering alcoholic, so he's not going to have any beer, right? I had no idea with that. Yeah, wow. he, he hasn't. He, he, it's a really cool story. I don't. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, and he'll talk about it if you ask him about it. Or he's very honest about it, very forthright about it. He almost he actually got fired when he was working for I think it was the Texans because he missed a team meeting because he'd been drinking the night before, and he he knew he had a problem. He had to go away. He got. He got went to rehab and he's a recovering alcoholic. And we'll talk, you know, we'll we'll tell this tell the truth and tell you know talk about it. He's not embarrassed about it. And I think he's a I think he's his forthright approach to how that all went down, I think has really helped a lot of people. And and you know, so um that'll that'll put a stamp unless it's unless it's some sort of alcohol zero, as, zero. They, as they say in in, in Deutschland. Alcohol fry. Fry, my man, fry. Uh, look here. 
I, I, I don't know how I didn't know that, but that that just adds another layer of excellence to this man. But I, I will go back on what I said and say, you, you feel like HBO have to start it off with him eating like a fried burger or something. Just you know what I mean. You know, you think about Think about now today, and this is this is breaking news. I, I you didn't even know about this, right? I'm in my office this morning, getting ready to you know get we're we're getting ready for playoff football. So I'm working in my office. And one of my, one of the guys comes in, one of the guys I work with comes in and he goes, did you see this? And I, and he's got his phone and he points, he turns his phone to me and shows me. And it's a, tw- a bunch, about 10 Twitter messages from Mike McDaniel with a blue stamp. Right. And it's about the officiating in the game last night. And he takes out plays and he says, this is not past, you know, this is not past interference. This is roughing the quarterback. Da, 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 da. It's but it's 10 things where he takes issue with the officiating last night. And then at the end, his final tweet is he calls on the NFL to to make a move to better the officiating because it's gotten out of hand. Well, that thing goes freaking viral, Mike, in like minutes, as you would imagine. And now we've learned, hours later, we've learned that that was somebody who had used that name, bought the bought the blue stamp, and they were all bogus. They weren't actually from Mike McDaniel. They were probably from some Dolphin fan that was mad about the officiating last night. So, I mean, it's crazy. This, this is, you know, <laughs> that'd be a pretty good place to start hard knocks in season right there. There's a whole different discussion there in terms of social media at the moment. And I think anyone that has watched Jeff and myself or whoever sort of down the last couple of years, I think people know now that social media is is changing and it's clear that maybe Twitter has had its day. And I, I'm publicly saying that. I'm on a podcast saying it as well. I feel that people look at different options now and it's something that we're trying to evolve on. But certainly things like that there don't help either, you know, that people can do that. I would like to, however, though, Stay on the topic, because I tweeted last night that I thought that the Colts got robbed. I mean, what the hell was that decision at the end of the game? There was nobody was ever catching that ball, Jeff. Well, you know, there's a number of plays yesterday that those plays in the in the Indianapolis game. You're right, exactly right. But you know, we just saw a player suspended by the league for a series of late hits, right, in Denver. And you look at the when you slow the hits down, he strikes with his shoulder. He never strikes with his head, right? And so this is, you know, as the as we get more. Lit, let me use a big word now, Mike. Are you ready? As we get more litigious, right? Then you know, the more litigious, the more, the more rules you have, right? The harder it is to enforce all those rules. So now you're putting the officials in a situation where these guys are so fast and so big and the game that, that it's bang, bang, like right now. And they got to make a call. Well, it may appear to you that the guy led with his head, for example, but he never hits him with his head. He hits him with a shoulder, which is legal. So somehow if you get suspended or fined for something that's not illegal, there's a problem. And the players' association is going to, you know, will 
address it, I am very, very sure. They'll, I'm sure they're going to they'll, they'll uh, appeal that suspension and they'll look at the tape and they'll, you know, again, which they should. That's their job as the Players Association. It's hard to be an official now, right? I mean, you know, I, I, I respect, I tremendously respect their job that they do because it's very, very difficult to do, right? And to do it in front of millions of people who have the advantage of running the play back or having it run back for them on television at slow speed, right? Well, you know, obviously you're never going to be perfect. It's not a perfect game. It's not played by perfect players and not coached by perfect coaches and it's not officiated by perfect officials. So, you know, it, it's just unfortunate that, you know, it's become kind of down to that. We've got about four minutes left in this podcast segment, Jeff. Is there anything else that sort of took your fancy from Sunday? Because I know you're a busy man. There's a few things on that board there to fix. So uh, what's uh, what was cooking for you? I mean, obviously, you were very down on uh, on my thoughts on the Patriots, and I and I held my hands up on the podcast last night, and I thought they'd done very, very well. Um, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see how they performed this week going forward. Steelers got a win in, in L.A. against the Rams. The Broncos beat the Packers. The Falcons have an interest in winning against the Bucks in Tampa Bay. And, you know, there, there was many different games. Like, that That Colts-Browns game for a neutral was very entertaining, like we just mentioned there now. Was there anything else that sort of stuck out yeah. to you in the league on Sunday? You know, when you, look at the continue, when you look at all of it, right, the thing that is shocking to me is, and I, and I shouldn't be shocked because it's the nature of the game, but it's, it's still, I, I, I still say it's shocking. When you look at teams like, the commanders, for example, who seem to be so up and down. Just when you think they're back, they have an offensive performance like they had last week. You see the Patriots go from being one in five to beat the Bills, who are supposed to be a Super Bowl team. I'm going to tell you something right now because, you know, I live 45 minutes. I work 45 minutes from Buffalo. And so WGR, which is the big radio station in Buffalo, is 24-7 Bills talk. Right. And there is tremendous, tremendous amount of hand wringing Buffalo right now about whether the offense is balanced or not. Sean McDermott's talk about, uh, you know, complimentary football. Should they fire Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator? Why, you know, are, are, why is, you know, you know I mean, why is Stefan Diggs getting all the targets? You know, they, they lose a tight end to a wrist injury. He's going to be has have to have wrist surgery. He's probably gone for, you know, two months. I mean, they're, it's almost like the sky is falling in Buffalo right now. But that's the overreaction that you get when you're in a Super Bowl window, especially at a place like Buffalo where they're so starved for a championship. And then you look at other teams and you go, how in the world do the – as bad as the Steelers have been on offense, how do they go out and score 28 or whatever points they scored last, last night against a good Rams defense? How does a Raider team be as bad as they were yesterday? I mean, it's just some of the up, the bears win, like the bears win and not by a little, by a lot, a lot with a backup quarterback, Jeff, backup quarterback. That's That's, that's the, that's, some of the beauty of the National Football League because you just never know, right? There's not you, – you can say whatever you want 
there were there is not a odds maker anywhere that was giving the Bears a chance in that game. No chance, right? Well, well, this guy right here picked the Giants on the Bears. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out. Okay, so there's another one, the Giants. Like, who saw that coming? Well, Washington's offensive line has, like, like Sam Howell is on course to break the single season record of getting sacked, not by week 18, but by week by week 11 at this point, Jeff. I mean, it's just, he's, on, he's on 40 at the minute. The record's 76. Well, I think that there's, when you look at the Giants, the one positive in the last three or four weeks for the Giants has been their defense. And their defense has really started to play a little bit. So, you know, again, kudos, you know, to Wink Martindale and that bunch of defensive coaches. But, you know, it wasn't wasn't a, the most beautiful win you've ever seen. But, you know, they're all beautiful when you're, when you're struggling. Yes, sir. Well, let's round off this podcast segment now. For people on the video, we're going to continue on. Um, let's have a look here now. So, Jeff, we're going to go into the questions in a second, but for now, mahalo. I appreciate everyone listening. EMDA Sport, Jeff's tickets, Scotland, Manchester, Ireland. L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Ryan Bull. Jeff, give me a mahalo, my man. All right. Aloha.